0: and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest today is author and hypnotherapist Sophie Fletcher and her latest book, her third book, Mindful Menopause, is due out this week. Welcome along Sophie. Thank you for having me. So your previous two um, books or your first book was around hypnobirthing, is that right?
1: Yes, the first one was hypnobirthing birthing. And that was based on my experiences that I I worked in civil service before. And so it was a complete career change for me based on my experience. And out of that came the book, really. And then the second book was Mindful Mama, which was really about how to use these tools in early motherhood. So very specifically about... Um, the mental health of the mother well-being of the mother as opposed to mindful parenting so it's very much about the mother herself and then the third one is mindful menopause so all those points where you we may feel challenged or expanded I suppose and that help us in those stages.
0: And did you draw on, on any of your own personal experiences again for for this book?
1: Yes um I, I mean, I've been a hypnotherapist for over fifteen years now, but I'm forty-eight. So when I started working as a hypnotherapist, I wasn't really anywhere near perimenopausal, um, or I,
0: maybe I was. <laughs> um, but it's always a bit of a guessing game. <laughs> Sometimes you just think, mm, "Am I? Um, am I not?" <laughs> and,
1: um, and then I noticed that many of the women that came to see me and most of my clients were women were a similar sort of age and had similar sort of challenges so they came to me for the same sorts of things and they were specifically around weight loss and sleep um increased anxiety I suppose Mm -hmm. they were the top three um people saying I can't shift this weight and it's always been really easy for me And so I sort sort of started to see these patterns emerging. And it wasn't for a few years that I really started saying to people, well, you know, you could try this and try this and try this. And, you know, the evidence really does back up hypnotherapy as well for menopause. So I think there are a lot of hypnotherapists out there working with women, uh, unwittingly working with women who are perimenopausal. And the techniques that we would usually use may not work as well because there are, there's that added layer of complexity.
0: Okay, Could you, can you expand on that a bit more in terms of you know how, why? Yeah, um, is, do you need to kind of go a bit into a bit more depth, or you know what is it about the sort of the the menopause or perimenopausal experience that kind of means you have to approach things a little bit differently?
1: Well take sleep, for example um typically with sleep, there are certain interventions that we would recommend, so I would um talk to someone i'd I'd find out their attitudes towards towards sleep, what their internal narrative was around sleep um I'd give them visualizations and tools and lots of suggestion while they' were under hypnosis to improve their sleep and we know with menopause that sleep is a bit more complicated. Than just having mm. mental blocks and things. It's also there are shifts going on in our body that contribute to um, changes in our sleep. So they can be hormone, obviously hormonal, they can be heightened levels of anxiety and cortisol, you know, in our bodies. And I think understanding that as a hypnotherapist has given me an ability to work with people um, in a broader way. So I won't just go at it like I normally do, but. I'll explore. Um, they might come to me about sleep, but I'll go and maybe explore anxiety. Maybe talk to them about whether they're having hot flushes, things like that. Look at other aspects that might be influencing, or disrupting, or interrupting sleep, and work with those. Because, for example, hot flushes. You know there are studies that show that up to I think I think seventy four percent of women see an in improvement in their hot flushes with hypnosis. It's actually in the in the nice guidelines. And so I will do some work around that as well. So I, I really build a picture of that individual sitting in front of me. So it's not just about sleep. It's about what else is impacting on their life in that that moment.
0: I'm fascinated as to kind of how you can, the way that people describe hot flushes kind of come over them. It's, you know, it, it can be a very dramatic, very kind of fast very overwhelming I mean I haven't I haven't had any experience of it yet but just I'm I'm fascinated to to understand how we can control something like that that seems to sort of really come out of nowhere with a sort of a mindfulness approach
1: well I in my mind how I manage I mean I don't really get a lot of hot flushes I do get very hot at night and I will stomp, sometimes wake up saying, "Oh, I'm very a bit being a bit sweaty tonight." <laughs> or, but I, I, I don't, I've never named them hot flushes, and I know they can be. I know that experience varies hugely between yeah. individuals. But I, for me, they're very similar to how you would you would respond to a contraction. So bringing the birth stuff into it, mm-hmm. I always say to people, when you feel that contraction rising in your body we can become distracted. We can feel more, we can feel anxious about it or we can rise up to meet it because it is part of us. It's not stronger than us. It's not more with it, not against it. Yeah, it is. It is part of us. And so I I, I encourage people to, I call them wisdom waves. So in, in hypnobirthing, I call them contraction waves, but I call them wisdom waves. Uh, As they rise up to meet you, you get into your breathing. So I, 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 teach people how to condition a breathing response. So you instantly, when you feel one coming, you get into your soothing system, which reduces um, stress hormones. So um, it's just noticing as it rises, Mm -hmm. breathing in and out, noticing that rise as it comes up, just noticing where it is and where it isn't, Mm -hmm. um, and then just allowing it to pass by, to pass through, whichever sort of language suits you. But that's a really lovely approach to a hot flush, and I I think one of the women who's contributed to my book, she said, you know, it just happened to me. That that was, you know, and part of it was preparing for it and knowing that if it happened, I had a spare pair of clothes, and I would probably have to have a shower or change my clothes. And but that's just how it how it is, and I think that level of acceptance, what, what it does then is it reduces stress,
0: and mm-hmm. we all know
1: that stress exacerbates. Um, aspects certain aspects of menopause and so it reduces stress but also there's a lot of research being done around expectation and experience so if we think oh my gosh hot sweats they're terrible um they're so this they're so that and someone told me all about this and that your clothes sweat through and actually there is some evidence to show in other areas of our lives that if we expect
0: something that we're more likely to experience it that's yeah that's really interesting yeah. And sort of going into it with a with that mindset and actually that I loved the um the strapline on the on, on the website for your book which says change your thinking change your life so it, you know that really sums it up you know how are you going to how are you going to meet that experience are you going to meet it with a sort of a positive outlook kind of some tools like you say in your back pocket to help you cope or are you going to sort of have your your shoulders hunched up and thinking oh god this is going to be dreadful how am I going to cope how am I going to you know how am I going to manage today at work if it happens to me Mm. so it 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 really is interesting to sort of see and and you've you've obviously you know seen it firsthand working for the the women that you're working with that it that it really does help them it it really does and you know I'm a big fan
1: of sustainable tools as well i want people to be able to access these types of tools without having to go to a therapist as well because not everybody can for every reason and so it's making them easy to use and in just i think debunking what hypnosis really is and encouraging people to see it for for what it really is
0: and the book um has a right a broad range of exercises would somebody use the book do you think that they would kind of read it start to finish and then sort of pick and choose what works for them or just sort of dip into it depending on kind of what's happening yeah. to them at, when they pick it up how would you well you can read
1: it start to finish you can read it start to finish that's what I, I would encourage everyone to do because it's a really hard book to write actually because I don't refer to the word symptoms by the way I call it an ex- experiences. So because we all have a very I've tried to take the medicalization away from it because we're you know, I just feel like as women, we're pathologized around menopause too much. And I just want to step away from that a bit. And so it was very difficult to write because a lot of the exercises can be used in different in different situations. But there needs to be a thread through the book as well. So it needs to be linear, but also there's this kind of matrix effect with it. So I think I'd like I like people to read it from start to finish because I think there are things that you can really prepare for. and But then there are chapters that you can dip in and out of. So, you know, if sleep's an issue, just do the chapter on sleep. If hot flushes are an issue, you can do the chapter on hot flushes. But it's got over 70 exercises in it. So you can just dip in
0: and take what you need. Uh, and it comes with 10 different audio downloads and those presumably again sort of are aligned to the different experiences.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, well kind of. Um you've done your research. <laughs> ten, ten, so sometimes I forget how many audios there on it. Yeah, there are some really short ones. I'm a big fan of conditioning our physical response to trigger words and 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 things in our environment. So there are some conditioning tracks around The phrase three, two, one, relax, relax, relax. So that in the book, I want people to sort of practice that on a regular basis so they can use it as a Mm -hmm. rapid relaxation tool whenever they need it. There's a very quick audio guide to doing, to grounding, which I found incredibly helpful during menopause. It's so simple. It's just our soles on the floor, just feeling that connection with the ground and your breath. Because I feel that sometimes when I'm going into that space where I'm feeling like everything's too much, because, you know, that happens to me as well. People assume that I'm super calm all (laughs) the time. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) definitely not. But if I feel myself going into that kind of space, I will use three, two, one, relax, relax, or grounding. I think I love the grounding. And then there's a track for intuitive eating, one for there's a hypnosis track for sleep. And then there's a yoga nidra, which is more like a body scan. So it's more of a mindfulness mm-hmm. practice for sleep. There's one for hot flushes. Um, there's like a nice cool down, just a five minute one. There's one for, oh, for taking your power back. Now, I think this is a really long Oh, I like one. the sound
0: of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think
1: what happens over the years, and I use this with lots of my clients, actually, not just for menopause, but over the years... Our power is taken away from us by, you know, not always intentionally, by siblings, parents, friends, teachers, you know, if, you, if, if, if um, it could be priests or someone, a religious um, person in your life, but in, 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 a, in a form of shame as well at some point. Mm. You know, and gradually we lose that power. And so it's a lovely little visualization about reclaiming that power back. And and yeah, and it's it's rather rather nice that. And then there's a nice letting go one for just letting go of things, um, which is really good because again, with overwhelm things build up. and uh, just sometimes being able to just say, you know what? I'm just gonna let it all go for
0: today. Just for today. I'm yeah. just gonna let it all go. Start again tomorrow. Start again tomorrow. What um what one of one of the things that I've noticed is that very quickly Get into a state where I'm, you know, really cross very quickly, mm. you know, quick, quick to kind of be very frustrated and angry with people about small things. Is that? Is there something in the book that kind of or the, the downloads is going to help me with that one? <laughs> that's a three, two, one. Relax, relax, relax. You're right, kind
1: of quick. You get into yourself the... down off the ledge before Take a you. Deep. Deep breath, three, two, one, relax, relax, relax. And I have um, a a visualisation in there which is called, you know, your your menopause HQ and it's like this control room in your mind where you have switches, levers, knobs, whatever's in there that it controls everything you think or feel. I'm I'm visualising
0: the bit from uh, inside out where they've got all the little people behind the desk and they're all hitting the big big red button with an M on it it's that concept and I think before
1: Inside Out came out other people would say it's like there's an old, another cartoon going way back even further than that um, that was similar as well and yeah but exactly that so you have this in your and you just imagine turning down anxiety turning up confidence and so you can use that and there's a little exercise in the in the book which helps you imagine it and what it would be like and then you create a password to go into your room so only you can go into that room um, and that password becomes your yeah I'm in control here switch
0: so, mini mantra
1: yeah so um but it does I mean being reactive is something that we all experience and you know one of the things that can help with that is meditation it, you know it helps you know build our um, our prefrontal cortex and I think that's especially helpful during menopause um, when it can you know it helps maintain um, uh, um, the health of our brains and especially in the prefrontal cortex which is the part of our brain which is the kind of yeah come on it's okay we can let this go we can is <laughs> you know the part of our brain that you know we need I think and so meditation can really help with strengthening that.
0: So I definitely remember, ooh, 11 years ago, loving my uh, hypnobirthing CDs and sort of coming home from work, putting those on, lying on the, the bed and, and probably, probably falling asleep after about two minutes because I was exhausted. Do you suggest that people sort of are, do them when they're quite alert or sort of do them at a particular kind of time of day just before they sleep? Or does you know, is there a kind of... A way a method to get the best out of them
1: yeah I mean with the hypnobirthing I, I'm like you I loved my hypnobirthing tracks oh my gosh that's you know I used to get those on at the end of every, every day before I went to sleep <laughs> and I just just slept so well it was wonderful and and that's what I've aimed to do with this so there are longer tracks that you can just listen to before you go to bed and just chill out and just go into a nice sleep afterwards feeling lighter of mind um, and if you've done hypnobirthing you'll know what that means and then there are the shorter conditioning tracks that you can do at any time of the day I mean gosh you could have them on your phone and you could you know if you're at work or somewhere you could they're only five minutes long so you could just pop them in your ear and just go right I've just got five minutes so there are there's a mix there which is slightly different from the hypnobirthing work so there are nice short tracks that you can do anytime anywhere and the longer tracks
0: you can do anytime, anywhere, but are really nice before you go to sleep at night. That sounds like a really good, a good mix. Like you say, you've kind of uh, <laughs> tools for, for different situations. So would, yeah. when you really need a kind of a quick fix, if you couldn't get access to to the audio track, for example, you were sort of talking about the kind of there are still techniques that you can use in terms of the sort of calming or... Whatever, yeah. without without the specific download.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one in there that's called... Um, there are so many techniques that you can draw on as a hypnotherapist. The one I've put in the book is an anxiety ladder. So you just... There's an image where you just breathe in. One, two, three, four, five. And there are five rungs in the ladder. And then you breathe out. Five, four, three, two, one. So you just have that the image in your head and the, the counting... You know, so they can be things you can really switch into quickly. You know, it's about practicing them. That's all about you know that from Hitler birthing. You know, I always say you've got to practice these to make to embed them so they become habitual. So that the, the the audio of the calm breath, the three, two, one, relax, relax, relax. The more you listen to that in a calming environment with the lights down, where you are uninterrupted, where you where your 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 mind is in a calm state the more you will associate that three, two, one, relax, 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 with feeling calm. So the more you practice it, the more powerful that association becomes. So you get to a point where you're anywhere and you can just go, three, two, one, relax, relax, relax. You know, it's an and automatic
0: so reactions. the automatic reaction, sort of right? train That's yourself crazy. to. <laughs> yeah, you are training your
1: brain to relax to a trigger word. I mean, it's remarkable, really. But our brains are remarkable.
0: So the the book is out, as I said, later on this week, and I have it on pre order. I'm looking forward to dipping into some of those exercises. Do you? think that this is something that people would perhaps want to explore as a sort of a, in, in is it complementary to sort of something like HRT? Is it something that people might want to kind of try early on before they then sort of think about other therapies or treatments?
1: That's a really good question. I always see hypnotherapy as, I always see it as a complementary therapy. I think that it's a bit dangerous to say alternative therapy, because I think, mm. you know, it just re- is quite reductive. And I just think we should be looking at a more integrative approach to women's healthcare, And that might be um, not having HRT and using lots of diff- uh, not just hypnotherapy, but lots of other um, complementary therapies. So, or someone might be on HRT, but still be struggling with anxiety or or certain aspects. You know, it's not just the physical aspects of menopause that are challenging. It's also existential aspects about growing older, about, you know, um, about children leaving home, all sorts of different things. And HRT... Uh, you know is a lot of people swear by it but it doesn't fix everything if it, it would be wonder drug if it did that so I always see it as um, a complementary therapy my approach and this is just my personal approach is I have always I prepared quite well so I'm really clued up on my diet on exercise and everything so I would say that I'm in pretty I'm in pretty good shape physically and mentally. So I, because I've worked on those things, you know, over, over a good few years. And so for me, it's about first step is using those things to prepare. You know, it's about quality of life. If I have good quality of life, do I need to take anything else? If things start to get a bit challenging, I might try complement more other complementary therapies, depending on what, what it is that's bothering me. And if those don't work, then I would look at step three, would be looking at some sort of hormone replacement therapy. Because, you know, I think it is about quality of life. And at the moment, I'm not on anything. Um, I have aspects which are, are a little bit challenging sometimes. My hair loss I've talked about, for example. Mm. Um, but I managed that and I didn't feel the need to go on medication to fix that. I I just that's my choice I I, intuitively it didn't feel the right approach for me even though mentally it's been really tough sometimes that's not
0: what what I wanted um I think you you talked a little bit about shame earlier as well and I think for some people it's obviously everyone's experiences are, are, are very different but I think some people approach it as almost like well if they if they get to the point of taking HRT it's almost like they've they've failed, they've, you know, they haven't managed, they haven't managed to manage without, without that. Whereas, you know, clearly for some people, it it does bring them huge benefits. So. No, I, I totally
1: agree. And it's the same with birth. I think a lot of people think hypnobirthing is for normal, natural birth. And I'm a really big advocate of hypnobirthing being for all births because at the end of the day, it's all about your experience um and about quality of life and you know i think you can go a long way and perhaps never have to go on hrt with with the complementary therapies that are around but if that's your choice and it's making a decision about it from a place of knowledge as well and understanding and thinking about i mean i have a whole section in the book but basically if you've done hypnobirthing you'll know about use your you know the, the acronym brain what are the benefits? What are the risks? What's the alternative? What's the indication for doing that? What if I did nothing? And just being asking questions, asking questions about the, um, the, the care you're offered, about any medication you're offered, really being knowledgeable about it as well. So, and I think that's, and that when you make decisions from a place of, yeah, you know, I'm in control here, I know what my options are, then it just feels a lot better. It's a lot more empowering. And so I think that all of it is around choice and about what's right for the individual, but getting into the headspace
0: to be able to do that and to feel empowered to do that as well. I'm really interested to, um, to listen to the uh, the exercises around intuitive eating because um. I recognize myself as a sort of um, a sort of either a kind of a comfort sort of emotional eater or, or when I'm bored and, um, mm-hmm. So is that something that, that that would help with potentially?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a track and um, I give it to my client. I give a similar track to my clients and who come who aren't menopausal, who come in for weight loss. And I actually call it way less rather than weight loss, because when we lose something, our instinct is to find it. So so if you <laughs> talk about it <laughs> differently, Wait but. Weight, but you know, it's it's a lot about shame. Weight is often, you know, it's tied in with shame as well. How we're made to feel about our bodies as women. It's about cultural narratives about what women should look like, what's attractive. All of that's woven up into it. You know, with menopause, I've done some, you know, some some things in the book around. Um, gratitude for our bodies and what they do for us and just stopping for a moment and thinking about your incredible body yeah. you know, especially you this...
0: this year it's like you survived
1: yes. a pandemic well done but yes I, I, you know and I've got a lovely exercise where I encourage people to take a photo of themselves they can do it either dressed in a bikini or naked it's up to them but a 360 so from, from front and behind and print it off and to sit down and just do little kind of label it and say so for example you know going back to if you had a baby and you breastfed you could say these breastfed my baby you know they nourished mm. and nurtured my baby or you could have this is the scar where i fell down and it you know it healed and look it healed and it did this and it did that you can you know you can just label your whole body about what you love about it and what it's done for you and how it
0: supported you so that's lovely um, i must say i'm, I'm i feel very conflicted about weight loss and health and kind of body mm-hmm. image so I want to be healthy but at the same time it, it's a very it's a very fine line I think to tread between on the one hand thinking okay yeah. you know I'm getting into a, a, a season of life where my body is naturally kind of going a certain way I want to be healthy I want to you know I, I want to eat well but I don't want to kind of I, and I think for some women at this time of life it's that there's um, there's certainly a rise in eating disorders for example where you know it, it would be very easy I think to kind of yeah. to go off on that that path so I'm trying to sort of tread that that line between kind of acceptance mm-hmm. and kind of love of <laughs> of what's there now but also trying to be kind to it for the longer term yeah and it's that that self-compassion,
1: um, but also you know wanting to be healthy because we're told that gaining weight during menopause can contribute to further problems, and and you think well you're saying it's easier to put on weight, but then gaining weight, so you, you do get these conflicting messages coming in from well external messages, um, but there are things like mindful eating is a really nice approach. So, and there are lots of tips I've got in the book about how to do that. So there is evidence around, for example, if you sit down and eat, you're likely to feel fuller, enjoy your food more and eat less. Mm -hmm. So there are some, I've thrown some studies in there around that, but there are also just trying to understand why we're comfort eating, why that happens. And so, for example, I've got a little story in there of someone who, who said that they love spaghetti bolognese and they ate these huge bowls of spaghetti bolognese <laughs> but during kind of work they realized that it wasn't the spaghetti bolognese but it was a meal that their grandmother used to cook for them every Saturday and their grandmother loved them so much and and so she they were eating all tied up the, with the emotion of the,
0: yeah eat, eat, <laughs> yeah trying to trying to get that back eating love that and it feeling. was eating yeah. love for them and so he's saying
1: well what other things can you do what other things can you do in that time that make you feel love? So it's, it's a huge area with 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 hypnotherapy. I mean, you can do work around that. To, you can take that approach. So intuitive eating and being attracted to foods that you know you know are healthy for you, because we all know. I don't need to tell anyone what they what's healthy for them. And so it's being just chain making changes unconsciously that around that. But also having things that stop people snacking so you can have images like a big red stop sign that comes into your brain every time you're reaching for something you know is unhealthy um so
0: like klaxons firing going, nah. <laughs> you can you can embed that suggestion in someone's mind I, I, I may need that today I made some brownies with my daughter yesterday and I can hear them in the kitchen calling to me <laughs> but it's like okay.
1: that's the thing it's about moderation as well it's like you know that eating a whole tray of brownies is going to make you feel awful afterwards. But actually, Mm -hmm. sitting down and savouring one brownie with a cup of tea and, you know, eating it slowly. And and it it doesn't matter whether you eat it slow or you eat it fast, it's still the same piece of brownie. So you can just make it last longer. One, that's by savouring it and eating it mindfully and thinking about, you know, your children baking it as you're eating it, the joy that went into cooking it and there's a lot about the word fulfill as well i use satis you know what satisfies us what fulfills us and often mm. people look for food to feel satisfaction they're very tied up with food in our in our culture and so um yeah so i think to get people what what what, do, what other things satisfy you what other things make you feel fulfilled so it's looking That's at really other ways to do that yeah And then there's the last one which I do people ask for me ask a lot and it is a really lovely session, actually. Is it's I I hate the terminology, but it's gastric band hypnosis. And (laughs) it's just I just do a lovely visualization where you get imagine someone going into their body and traveling down. There's like that film where they used to be in a spaceship in the body. So imagine them kind of going down, but you go down through your body. And then you get someone, you you ask them, you know, when they get to their stomach and say what sort of color and shape it is and how they need to change it to make it more responsive and this, that or the other. And people do all sorts of incredible things. And so you put in keywords and triggers and so that they feel fuller quicker as well. So, yeah, that's so there's lots, lots you can do around that area. Um,
0: it's very, very broad. I look forward to uh, to delving into that when the book arrives. Um, so how do the um, the audio downloads work then when, when you buy the book? Do you get a very specific uh, link to an area that you yeah, can... Yeah, all my books
1: are, um, whether it's the Mindful Hypnobirthing one, the Mindful Mumma one and the Mindful Menopause one are penguin.co.uk forward slash and the title of the book so it's really easy and it's just free to download them it's a right click download download so it's really easy unless you're on Apple <laughs> everyone always I get loads of messages saying I'm on Apple and I can't put it in iTunes so but you can you can do it you just have to go through a computer
0: Sophie thank you so much i I can't wait to read the book, and uh, I'll report back on whether it helps me with my brownie consumption, amongst other things. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for your time. It's been really lovely to talk to you. Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasure. for the Book launch. It's an exciting week. (laughs) Yes, it is. Thank you. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review, as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.